Good evening. Today is November 29th, and we're studying the big book of Alcohol uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is step eight, and our speaker tonight is Nancy C. Thank you, Nancy. Hey, everybody. Glad that I'm here. Thank you for asking me. So grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater today in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thanks to God, I'll go to bed tonight entirely abstinent for another day, but it is just one day, right? Um, step eight, uh, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And the spiritual principle is self-discipline. Never very good at that. And, you know, I should introduce myself. It's good that I have this um, topic because my name is really Nancy, I'm sorry, C from Ann Arbor, Michigan, because I always said I was sorry for everything, whether I was sorry or not, amends, no amends. So when it got time to make amends, you know, I'm sorry rolls off my tongue. But today, I'm sorry makes a completely different um, ping in my heart than it did when I was still using. So I want to qualify myself real quickly and then get into step eight and share my own experience and strength and hope with that step. And maybe it will help somebody tonight. And I just hope that this evening, somebody gets something out of my share that is of value to them. Um, I have been in the rooms of OA since August of 2011. Um, I have been entirely abstinent since October of 20 and 2020, so two years of entire abstinence, um, but a lot of years in the room. My home group is Tuesday night, 6.30 a.m. Uh, or 6.30 p.m. Um, Ann Arbor uh, meeting that I go to religiously. I have a sponsor who knows my name, my sponsor knows what I do because I talk to her every day. I have many sponsors. My sponsors know spons my sponsees and they sponsor people. So it is a community of which I live in. And that is very important to me that it's a we program and that we all do this together. Um, I was a compulsive overeater from as far back as I can remember. I mean, I can go through all the um, all the war stories or all the funny stories, you know, I never can find funny stories about overeating. I can find them about drinking. I'm also a recovered alcoholic and I can find tons of funny stories drinking. But for me, eating is a really serious thing because it's something that still isn't accepted or understood in society. And so it's more shameful to me than it was being an alcoholic. So I can make fun of getting drunk, but I get can't get make fun of overeating and, and puking or eating and crying myself to sleep because I can't put one more thing into my body. But, you know, from when I was little, I hid it, I ate it, I threw it away, I got more of it, I lied about it, anything I could do with food that wasn't typical of any other kid, I got away with. And I always thought I got away with something, right? Anytime I stole the cookie or anytime I could eat up in my room or steal some money and go up to the 7-Eleven and, and get some candy, um, I really thought I was getting away with something. But as what I was doing was really running from not belonging, not feeling like, you know, I belonged in the family, not feeling I, like I belonged in my friends, uh, with my friends. Um, I was a fat, chubby kid all my life. Um, I did 
go up and down in my weight. My weight went from a high of 185 to a low of 116. And it kept yo-yoing back and forth throughout my whole um, throughout my whole life. I tried every diet imaginable. Um, you name it, I tried it. Any type of um, professional help, uh, such as um, you know, acupuncture, um, hypnosis, uh, any type of diet you could go on a therapy. I tried all of it. And the operative word there is I, I thought I could control this disease. And it wasn't until I got into the rooms of big book away that I realized that my powerlessness I had to find a power that could relieve that because I couldn't do anything myself. But Lord knows I tried. Um, I never fit in where I thought I did. I used people. I abused people. I moved on. I was very successful in my career. On the outside, I had arrived. I just like Bill. I knew exactly where I was going. I knew what I was, what um, I wanted to be and accomplish. Always falling short, right? because my expectations were always so much higher than everyone else's, I had to keep achieving and always thinking that if anybody realized what a scam I was, I would be out of business. But I kept climbing, I kept working, I kept overachieving and leaving just carcasses in my wake as I went because I really didn't care as long as I got what I wanted because I had to take care of me because nobody else was gonna take care of me. So. It wasn't until I really um, uh, got to a point in my career where um, I got fired and somebody asked me, I, I gave a talk a couple of weeks ago and somebody said, I never knew you got fired from your job. And for the two years that I've been in um, OA recently, I started out with, um, I got an early retirement. I took an early retirement. Oh, they offered me a couple of different positions. I didn't want them, so I left early. I mean, I had to work my way up to being honest. I'm, today, honesty is the most important thing to me, right? But it has taken me a long time to get there because I didn't know truth from reality. I have so many tapes in my head that when I pull something out and start playing it, I really have to go, is this real or... Is this my own perception of what it is? Because I have so many fantasies and so many views on what I thought my life was like that I really have to get honest with God to say what is true and what's not. And those lies talk to me all the time. And they come in important. They're important to me in step eight because I have to make sure what my harm was and what my damage was to somebody else. Um. You know, I had been in, in OA for nine years. I said I came in in 2011 when I did get fired from that job and somebody suggested I had an eating problem. And I was like, well, that's ridiculous. But all of a sudden I found out that if I got this good diet plan and I started exercising like crazy, the weight just started melting off me. So in a year, a little bit over a year, I lost 65 pounds. I was in great shape and everyone was like, oh my God, look at her. She's so happy because I wasn't, wasn't working anymore, but work was my identity. It was the only thing that I could hang my hat on. And now all of a sudden people were like, oh, look, she can do other things. But then pop, people stopped looking, right? I stopped losing, I stopped getting the attention. So what did I do? Because I didn't have a spiritual program. I had a diet with group support. I started eating. I started eating a little bit here and a little bit there. 
And nine years later and 65 pounds back, I was eating everywhere and I couldn't stop. I had a new therapist and I just said, you know, screw this away. It's not going to work. I, you know, it's just ridiculous. It, it doesn't work for me. And she's like, I want you to call this number. And she gave me the number of a vision for you. And I said, I told you I am not doing this anymore. It doesn't work. I called the number. I don't know how God got me to pick up that phone, but it changed my life. That call changed my life because I heard for the first time that I had a disease that I was allergic to sugar, that it wasn't that my willpower wasn't good enough, that I really physically couldn't ingest that without wanting more. I could never figure that out. You know, I could do everything else and have discipline in my life, but where, where eating came, it, it, was, it was non-existent. So I found a, a big book sponsor and I did a total surrender in my backyard and said, I'll do anything I have to do anything you tell me to do to get what you people have because they were happy, joyous, and free and talking about this life beyond their wildest dreams, right? And I wanted that. I had never seen that in an OA meeting. So I went through the big book and um, uh, and um, got recovered and I haven't looked back. But I want to talk a little bit about those eight years that I did go through the program and I did go through the steps, but I never got spiritually rearranged. I never got that spiritual experience. So my first attempt at step eight was totally different than the step eight I did once that I was um, getting recovered. So um, uh, do, 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 do. I have gone through all the steps. Um, I've taken them and done them in earnest with all the bigger God could give me to really say, do this and you will change your life forever. And truly my life has changed miraculously. Absolutely nothing on the outside has changed, but my whole perception, my whole outlook, God has given me a new pair of glasses like that book talks about that I really see things completely different. And every day is a gift. And every day, the more grateful I am, the more things God gives to me because he keeps wanting to give me gifts as long as I work happy, joyous, and free and try to be of service to other people and to him, my life just changes compared to my old selfish self-centered me that had to get anything at all costs because I had to win, right? I don't have to win today. But, you know, the steps are in order for a reason, right? You can't go to making amends to people until you really figure out what's going on with yourself and what I couldn't figure out. I had to figure out what my own spiritual malady was. So, you know, in step one through three, they say we get right with God, right? I admitted that I was powerless, that I truly could not do anything on my own, and that the only way that I was going to get any better is if I believed what I was told in the rooms. And that's that put give you guys the power. There's a power outside of me. It wasn't me. And that my life was unmanageable. I mean, Look at me, I was not on any winning streak in any aspect of my life, right? So why not say, I give up? And just saying, take it and do something. Just help me. Just help me. Change my life. I was raised Catholic. I had a God-fearing, you know, checklist God. I was going to hell. There was no way I was going to make it through. I had to find a new conception of a higher power that... At first, it was just somebody like my dad who always held my hand and had my back and, um, you know, always stood up for me. 
it grew from there, but that got me to the point where I could take step three and say I was going to continue on in this program. So then I went through steps four through seven, and I got right with myself. I really saw by doing a fearless and thorough thorough moral inventory that I was the one that was really to blame for most of the maladies in my life because of the fear that pushed my selfishness, self-centered dishonesty drove me to do things that I probably didn't know any other way to do it. I know that today that most things I did because I needed to protect myself or what I thought I needed to protect in myself. I now realize that there is a totally different way to see the world and that I don't have to win all the time and it doesn't have to be all about me. And I realized that when I got to step five and shared all of my experiences with my sponsor, all the good, the bad, the ugly, and really how my self-centeredness and my need to be seen and to be heard and to be loved and to get attention just drove me to do things to people that I thought they were doing things to me, but I had started all of it. I got that ball rolling and I had never seen that before. So being able to see that in my fifth step and then seeing those character defects that really my ego and my pride are probably the biggest ones on my list that need to be loved and to be seen and to be live and in large and in charge just drives me so much. Those are the character defects I really have to go to God with every single day in step six and seven and say, God, please change my heart. Please change my behavior. Get me to do something different and then really wait for him to decide whether he's going to do it or not. You know what? Sometimes that really stinks because I hate waiting because I like being in charge, right? The more that I realize that I'm not in charge and the more I can give to God to do, the miracles happen. And he might puncture my ego or might bring me down to right size for just an hour and a day. But you know what? When I see that that happens and I can see how much different my life is, oh my God, I want more of it. And I want to please him. I want to be more among all of you rather than above you or below you that I can live happy, joyous, and free today because I am more honest and I am more right-sized in what I do, which brings me to step eight. Um, you know, it, it says, made a fearless moral inventory of ourselves, right? And it says we have to do two things. We have to make a list and we have to become willing to make amends to everybody. So you also get directions in the 12 and 12 and you hear it in other places that you've already made the list, right? You made it in step four with all the people that you resented and that um, you, know, you realize that you harm them by getting the ball rolling. So Starting with that list is one thing, but in the um, in the 12 and 12, it says, you know, we had to make a vigorous attempt to repair the damage and we needed to, um, that we can make little headway in this new adventure of living until we um, first backtrack and really make an accurate and unsparing survey of the human wreckage that has been left in our wake. Vigorous and human wreckage. I had to stop and look at all the things that I did to people that I don't, didn't resent. Hell, I didn't have time to resent them. I just stepped over them and kept going, right? I harm them without them even knowing sometimes that I harm them. But Maybe it was, Dean. thank you very much. I, I needed to go and do, I needed to go and repair that damage because I had hurt them. 
Um, so getting that whole list together and then saying, oh, my God, I have to talk to these people. I have to go and say I'm sorry. Oh, my God, the willingness. Oh, no, eh, not me. Uh, Self-discipline, that's when I used to run. I wasn't disciplined at doing anything. And now my own will is coming back. And I really have to work with God on this and say, you know, I need to have help in getting this done. And that's why we have all the tools in this program, right? We've got our sponsors. We have fellows. We have um, prayer and meditation to go to God and talk to him about all of these amends, because it's not just going and saying, hey, I'm sorry, like I used to always say, but really specifically, what did we do ignoring what anybody else did to us and making it very succinct and very appropriate to the to the harm done? You know, I can be martyr and, you know, oh, poor me, and I did it because, and I'm sorry because... That's not the purpose of step eight. You know, the willingness has to come that I need to clear the wreckage of my past, right? And as I was writing or I was thinking about this talk today, this cone just opens up with every step I go through, the light of, of my higher power, that sunlight of the spirit just gets bigger and bigger so that I do have that spiritual awakening, right? Because every time that I can see, I can make a change be uh, making amends for my past and then move on, my life gets richer. It's not an easy thing to do all of step eight. So you take the easy ones first, the ones that you know that you can do, that people will listen to or whatever. You figure that out, talk it over. I never did an amends without talking to somebody first to make sure that it was right, what the harm was, and make sure the amends was appropriate to the, to the crime, so to speak, to, to the harm I had done. So that's why we need to talk to other people. We need to talk to sponsors and we need to talk to the, to the fellowship to be able to make sure that we're doing those right. But as we do, as I did, each one, God's opened my heart a little bit more to see how getting rid of that heaviness in my heart just continued to open it up for other things and for new things. So it's doable. You know, I went back real quickly before I end, before I got recovered and did amends, I had one person, um, Jane, um, now a very good friend of mine, who was my best friend in high school, who was um, came out gay. And I didn't know I was gay then. Uh, if you're not, I'm gay. Um, that when she came out, I couldn't have anything to do with her because I was so afraid. And I was like, I don't want to be associated with that. So I completely dumped her. I mean, we were like this, and one day we were like this, and the next day we were like this. And that went on through college, through beginning of professional careers, or through our professional careers, till I came into this program. I went and I told her I was sorry that I had dumped her, that that was wrong. And she was like, oh, thank you. Never talked to her again. I mean, I walked out of there and I was like, okay, check that off. I made my amends. I'll move on because it was up here. It was something I had to do, but it was not in here. The forgiveness aspect of that, forgiving her and forgiving me was not there. And it wasn't until I really took step four, five, six, and seven, and really saw the errors of what I had done to people that I had to be able to say, I am so sorry that I hurt you and that this was all due to my fear, my self-centeredness and how people would envision me that had nothing to do with me. We are um, 
we're almost pretty good best friends. We she lives in Boston. She's got MS and she's wheelchair wheelchair bound now. But we talk religiously at one o'clock Thursday every week and spend an hour just chatting like we had never missed those other years, because that was an amends that really God opened our hearts and said, you belong back together. You belong where you were. So that shows the miracles God can do in my life when I really let him change my heart, when I'm open to see where I have been wrong and I'm willing to change my ways. So if you're working on step eight, you know, really the willingness, pray for the willingness to be willing. Last night we talked about, you know, praying for people that you still resented. If you're still resenting people, you can't do amends. Yeah, you're still back on step four, just doing the sick man's prayer. Sick man's prayer is also another amazing tool that this program has given us because I've realized everyone I deal with is just as sick as me. And when I can, that's pretty sick, <laughs> but if I can really think if people are trying the best they can, like I'm trying the best I can, and God is working with them, and we're all children of God, we're all getting better a little bit at a time. And that brings down the resentment notch a little bit. That brings down the anger notch a little bit. It brings everything down to the point where let's just be all kids of God, you know, and know that we're all doing the best that we can. And that helps me see people for who they really are and get that head scared to death ability to not forgive down here to say, I can forgive because God's forgiven me. So who am I to say that I can't forgive other people? Um, so I guess that's all I got to say. And that, God, look at that perfect timing. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we'll now open the meeting uh, for questions and three-minute shares, as this is a big book study. Sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and the steps we're studying this week. We ask you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. And Julie C., uh, would you just keep a three-minute timer? Um, all righty. And, and with that, I'll have Kristen start to ask people to unmute. All right, Eileen, let's start with you. Hello, I'm Eileen, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Um, and I think that was our, was that like our first official coming out on CYOC? Um, that was <laughs> great. <laughs> I loved it. Um, so, um, yeah, that was, um, I'm just blown away. I'm just like, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped by that share. There was so much I got out of it. Um, there was so much I wanted to share. And then I kept changing from like this to the other. Um, so um, I think what I got, I mean, I just got so much. What I really got was that like the transition of how much we can do to um, to find God in our hearts, right? To, to be, um, to, to continue to get the light. 
And, um, and I really needed to always be reminded of that. Um, one of the things that I've really been working on another tool for me in this pro well in life is to change the things that I say to myself. Um, I've been really working on that. I'm noticing how much I talk badly about me um, all day long. And that's something that I'm working on a lot is rechanging those things that I say, not only, I mean, noticing what I say about other people in my head, and then also noticing what I say to myself and changing those things and constantly being on that. Um, because when I, when I like myself more, I'm also able to like other people more. And when I connect, it's really like that, you know, the light in me can connect with the light in you, but the light in me can only connect with the light in you when I, when I see the light in me. Um, and so I really loved hearing that, you know, when I can like forgive myself and love myself, then I can able to forgive my, you know, forgive others. And it was just so beautiful to just hear so much of, you know, I'm all about the sunshine of the spirit, you know, I'm all about that. And so, you know, to hear just so much beauty, you know, in your share was just, it was just amazing. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I also really want to recognize, you know, so much I, I hear so often in this, in these rooms, how hard we are on ourselves for not, not the, not celebrating our, our little things that we do. You know, I think every meal that we eat, that's clean. Every time we take a walk, every time that we say a prayer, every time we do our morning routine, it's a really big deal. It's something that we're doing to like progress in our lives as, um, as humans that are trying to be better people. And, um, and I really heard that in tonight's share that, you know, we need to be, I need to continue to be, you know, celebratory in the recovery and every part of that counts. Um, it, it's, you know, this, they're all steps. It, it's, it's all, it's all important, all of it. Um, and, uh, and I'm really doing I, everything I can, thank you, to, to recognize all of it, every single part of my recovery, which is taking those steps forward, uh, literally and figuratively. So thank you. All right, we're going to go now with CJ. Hi, CYOC family, CJ, uh, recovered anorexic bulimic compulsive overeater. Um, it's really, really, I'm so happy to be here tonight. Um, I, I, I second support third, whatever it is, um, um, the beauty of what happens in these rooms when somebody is open and honest and vulnerable and real. And um, there is so much hope in, in the share um, about what, what the willingness to make amends, what the willingness to really look at the wreckage of our past and, and how, how that can be healed um, by community and a higher power, not by me, um, how, that, how that can happen. And just so much hope in your share and, um, and like the beauty of what happens in your life in this world of recovery, um, when you open your heart to that. And I, I relate 
so much to it. I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to put my hand down because I've still been getting all the way over here to share. But um, the what I've what I've learned this time around through the the eight step. I'm not on the eight step um, at this point. But I, I did a big book step study for so many times differently this year than I ever had before. And uh, there are people on my list that I did not make amends to. There are three, and I put um, more But that, so. There, and, I, and I had wonderful reasons, in air quotes, about why I couldn't make amends to those people. And um, and I had a sponsor who loved me well, loved me well, still does. And um, and I learned I learned some things by being willing to contact those people. One is my higher power creates those situations when I'm willing. There were some people I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this because I was still trying to figure it out. And that whole concept of asking other people how they did it, asking my higher power how they did it, things, opportunities came in ways that I never would have imagined. Somebody I hadn't spoken to in 27 years contacted me wanting to, to, to bridge the gap between us and it gave me an opportunity. Somebody I hadn't talked to in 30 years who I harmed um, and harmed myself significantly uh, was open to hearing from me in a very weird, creative way through LinkedIn that I came and explained. So it was, and it created, like, I, I avoided those because of the shame I had, but also because I was still stuck in what I was supposed to do to make me right with it. And, and learning that making amends is, is to make make right and how I work and how power wants to make that right. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't just heal the relationship with those people. But it healed something in me that I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to heal if I hadn't done those amends. One, and I've shared this before, one was related to the loss of a, a child and a decision in that um, that pregnancy and how I never healed from that completely or my own anorexia and bulimia because I hadn't made amends to that person. And it it just, I mean, it's a bonus. Thanks, Julie. It's a bonus that it helped me, but really like, how my higher power opened up the ability to connect with people by making amends um, has just been so beautifully creative. And, and it doesn't, I'm not as afraid to do the other two people on my list as I was before. And let me, sorry, that went over. Thank you. Um, Julie, Hey everyone, I am Angela, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, so happy to be here tonight. So wonderful seeing all your faces. Um, thank you everybody uh, for those doing service. And thank you, Nancy. It was so wonderful to hear you. Um, I, uh, you know, I love talking to you. Uh, I hear such strength and such conviction, such passion. Um, tonight's share, I got so much from it. Um, you know, this idea that, um, there's nothing funny about this disease, you know, that there are other things that we may do in our life or other addictions that we can laugh at, but there really was nothing funny about this for me. Um, it was, uh, shame ridden. It was, uh, secrecy. It was, um, em embarrassment. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, if it wasn't for this program and these steps, 
to bring me through this place of and get me to this place of finally being honest. You know, um, I just kept telling myself that I did the best I could, right? I had a terrible upbringing and a lot was missing, right? My sponsor would say, well, a lot was missing in your childhood. Um, and I just thought things were done to me. And through this process, uh, specifically about owning my part in the, in the fourth step, and more specifically about seeing my wrongs, uh, you know, making that list in the eighth, um, you know, that was so powerful, so uh, mind uh, changing, transforming. Um, and I heard uh, also that through opening our hearts, uh, you know, relationships change in this program. And that has absolutely, absolutely been my experience that the more honest I can be, the more I can show up authentically, the more I can um, speak my truth uh, and own uh, own my part. Uh, relationships are absolutely changing in my life. You know, that is um, really pretty incredible. And then the last thing um, was that, uh, you know, in the beginning, we're not really sure how to show up and how to do this honesty piece. But we and we are able to run our ideas and our vulnerability through the filter of these fellows, right? All of you help me to get honest and to um, help me to feel safe, finally, with being who I need to be, you know? So anyway, uh, beautiful, um, beautiful meeting and beautiful share. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Angela. Um, all right, I'm going to stop the recording now. Um.